Today's podcast is sponsored by Inner Professional Online Training Programs. With courses geared specifically for legendary leaders, Inner Professional provides an extraordinary catalog of leadership and professional development programs unlike any online training you've experienced before. Hone your conscious and authentic leadership skills with peer group, networking communities, direct engagement with life experts, and a wealth of compelling, easy to engage on demand content. Learn more at kathleenmerkel.com slash innerprofessional. Hello and welcome to Legendary Leaders, the podcast. My name is Kathleen Merkel and I'm the host of the show. And together with a wide range of legendary leaders themselves and experts in the field of self-leadership, we are going to explore concepts and ideas that show you how you can move past your fears, negative self-talk and constant doubts in order to encourage you to becoming a legendary leader yourself with far more natural impact, influence and inspiration. So are you ready for it? Well, welcome once again to Legendary Leaders, the podcast. Hello and welcome to the Legendary Leaders podcast. I'm so delighted to have you here. And obviously I am welcoming yet another guest. Her name is Amy Kretschmiel and she is the former Fortune 500 VP who has taken her passion for mentoring and personal growth to help working parents reduce stress and overwhelm and experience far more balance, presence, and ease in their personal and professional lives. And Amy guides parents to get clear on their decided outcome so they may leave a lasting legacy for their family and make an impact in their career. She is an action-oriented mentor who has helped hundreds of individuals reach their goals while overcoming personal and also professional challenges. And what Amy is going to do today is to share some of her own challenges and how she overcame those. She shares some powerful tools with us, in particular to all of you working moms, right? What can you do to feel more at ease, to feel more open-minded, to feel you are set up for success as well. We are talking about the corporate mom mindset and how to move from go, go, go to pure time and um, general freedom really in your life uh, where you feel just a wee bit happier with yourself as well. And obviously it has a positive impact on the world around you. So tune in to hear more about that. But most importantly, and, and really importantly to me, she shares with us her own story about identity shift. So we all have an identity, yeah? how we define ourselves, what we stand for, what makes us us. And that may change when you become a parent. And um, if you feel like me, it can feel like a huge battle where you're feeling literally lost about who you are and who you used to be and how you are going through this shift now. So she shares that very, very openly with us, some of the journeys that she has gone through herself when she became the mom for the first time, but also some of the journeys she has experienced with her own clients. So do enjoy this episode and leave some feedback with us at the end of it. Get in touch to ask any questions that you may have. But first of all, have fun, and I speak to you again in a moment. Hello, everybody. We are having a great guest here. It's Amy Gretschmel, and I was so, and I'm still so excited to welcome you here because you have some real, real amazing stories to tell. That's just 
incredibly suitable uh, suitable for the audience because you have been a VP in banking, you left your role, you have started doing something different, and we are going to learn about all of that today. But before I'm going to waffle on here, Amy, do you just want to introduce yourself to the audience? Yeah, yes. Well, first off, thank you so much for having me, Kathleen. I'm really excited to be here for you and your audience. I am Amy Gretschmiel, Corporate Mom Coach. And it was really my mission to help working mothers experience more balance, presence, and ease in their daily lives between all the things between career and motherhood and their family life, and to really just help them uh, balance it all in a way that makes sense for them, which is which is so different for everyone. But thank you so much for having me. Wow, it's an absolute pleasure. And you know what? It's so timely as well. I was talking yeah. to a colleague slash friend of mine today about how people come into your lives at a certain stage when you you need to hear a certain message. Yeah. And I can't even tell you how many working moms I've been talking to slash also working dads over the last weeks in particular who talk about those struggles, some opportunities that came out of the struggles as well, obviously, and who were literally starting to reflect upon what is my role? Why do some working moms deal differently with the different roles than men and so on and so forth? So there were quite a few topics that I hope we can touch upon today. Before we dive into this part of um, this podcast, it would be brilliant to just hear more about your story because you have created something that a lot of people ask me about, how can I do this and how can I build a life of quote unquote freedom for myself, for my kids, for my family? So over to you, Amy. Yeah. So I spent 18 years in corporate uh, before I left to become a coach and serve working mothers, although I do work with working dads now too, because I, I find everyone, like you just said, everyone's kind of in, in need of support in that regard. But I spent 18 years in corporate and I pretty much, you know, I climbed the ladder and I got promoted every couple of years. I became a VP. I had uh, my first child at 35 years old. So I already had like a pretty established career when I became a mother. And I think it was shortly after I became a mother is when I became a VP. And even it wasn't even the title that was the big shift, but motherhood, I always say was my big awakening because it it really just kind of, you know, hit me of like, wow, not only is the level of responsibility completely shifting and changing, pretty much your entire identity is too. And there's no real manual for that. And no one really talks about how to navigate that. You know, people talk a lot about time management and establishing boundaries and waking up earlier and like being more efficient with your time and all these things, which I was learning and I was practicing and it was, and it was helping to a degree, but there's this whole other layer that I felt wasn't really discussed around motherhood or parenthood. And that was really around the mindset component, the identity shift that people go through Mm -hmm. to then step into this this new role of working parenthood. And it just hit me really, really hard. And that's when I started working with coaches. I started working with coaches about six years ago. And I found the tools, the mindset tools that I was learning to be incredibly helpful for me as a parent 
I mean, incredibly game-changing, more so than like 10 years of therapy. And that's when I knew also that I was like, okay, I can, I can help other people with this. Why aren't people talking about this in corporate? Like people need to be, you know, given these tools. And that's when I started entertaining the idea for myself to leave corporate and become a coach myself and, and pretty much shift careers entirely, which I ended up doing in 2020. So that's kind of how I got here. Wow, 2020 became a big year that you probably didn't know before that it would turn out the way it did wow. uh, in the middle of a pandemic, really. So uh, being bold, right, to yeah. make this shift and then being in that pandemic, how did it all work for you? How did you make it work? Yeah, so I had toyed around with the idea of becoming a coach before my second child was born in 2019. So in 2018, I told my husband, I was like, you know, once we have baby number two, I'm thinking about shifting careers, right? Like I, I wanted to create more time freedom. I knew that I trusted myself to know that I could, you know, it was really more of a calling too. I, I mean, I know people like to use that word, but, but it was really like, it was something I felt very passionate about and very mm -hmm. drawn to do. And so in 2019, shortly after my son was born, he was born early in 2019, my husband and I sat down and we pretty much came up with a plan. We came up with an exit plan for me for later that year. And so my intention was, was to leave corporate and become a coach for working parents. Now, there was a plan involved. I mean, I didn't just decide one day, like, you know what, I don't like my job anymore. I'm going to go do this over here. There's a, there was a plan. So I encourage anyone who's thinking of making a big pivot in their career to, to come up with that exit plan. What does that look like from a financial perspective? What things have to kind of be taken off? What things have to be put in? Things like that so that you can get to your desired outcome. So, you know, we, we had that in place. So when 2020 rolled around, the plan was always for me to leave in 2020 and the pandemic happened and, and it honestly, it was like an even bigger signal for me to step out and be in service to other people who really, really needed it. And so that's pretty much what I continue to do today is help working parents manage all the things. Yeah. And I, I can only imagine that um, you, you were able to support a lot of parents throughout the pandemic. I mean, that put in completely different and additional layer on top of anything yeah. else that you are experiencing as a, as a working parent. And, and, and the only reason why I feel so passionate about it and also at the same time so heavy is because I became a parent, right? A mother during the pandemic. Mm -hmm. And I already had established my business at this point of time. And I found it incredibly hard. So the moment when you shared about this identity shift, yeah. I noticed in myself, it felt really challenging to me because I, I think I'm still not quite through this identity shift and really recognizing and understanding what it is. Yeah. And, and I found that incredibly hard and I found it even harder not to feel like I can, I can open up to mm -hmm. people or to all people about it. Mm -hmm. I didn't talk to my parents about that, for example. Mm -hmm. I didn't talk to some of my friends about it, to others I did because I didn't even know how to explain it. I just felt incredibly torn inside of me. 
who yeah. am I now? What is this person? And and I saw on one of your in one of your interviews, in the written interviews, that you and your husband lived a life of pure freedom before you had kids, two yes. incomes, traveling, and so on and so forth. And it really resonated with me that because that's how we lived as well. Mm-hmm. And then you make the shift, mm-hmm. right? So you said with the help of coaching, you learned about tools that truly helped you, which uh, we are going to talk about in a moment as well. But just to understand how you have been going through this shift mm-hmm. and where you are at the moment with regards to identity, that would be really valuable yeah. to me and I'm pretty sure to others to know. Yeah. So the word that I would use to describe it, pretty much how I live my life today is with intention, with intention. Now, prior to kids, you know, there was, there was always intention around like getting promoted, right? Where, where are you going to go on your next vacation with your husband? Like all these things, but we don't really look at them as intention. It's just kind of like a part of how we kind of, kind of a part of just what's expected really um, based on how you're brought up and the culture you live in and, the expectations you have for yourself and things like mm-hmm. that. When parenthood comes into the mix, there's a whole nother layer for that. But in addition to that whole other layer for like how you want to show up as a parent, there's also all of this additional activity that takes place. The activity between, you know, feeding, sleeping, nap schedules, diapering, like all the things, the yeah. planning for the, for the child. And so there's just a lot more happening. And I, I think, and well, I know, I mean, based on what I experienced in early motherhood compared to now, if you're not careful, all of that activity will kind of take over and consume you. And, and you almost, in a way, forget to be intentional with how you want to be. You forget to be intentional with how you want to be. And when we forget to be intentional with how we want to be, we kind of revert back to just our automatic default settings, which some may be useful, but some may not be useful. Mm -hmm. And because we're in this, we're transitioning into this like new identity or way of being, you can start to pick up habits or behaviors that you're like, oh my gosh, that's, that's something my mother would do. Right. Or that's something that, you know, you realize like you're acting and behaving in ways that you're, that you didn't expect. And so it's, it's just really important to always remember that you have choice in how you show up in your life and how you show up as a parent, just as you would in how you show up in your career. But it's all around being just really mindful and intentional for who you want to be in your life. And I think the perfect opportunity to do that is through parenthood, because it, it truly is a miraculous you know, experience for, for everyone involved. And, um, you know, we can, we can forget that and really get caught up in all the consumption of the day-to-day activity. And so that's why I think mindset, having an intentional or a growth mindset can be really, really important to, to being the parent that you want to be, to being the partner that you want to be, to being the employee that you want to be. And you know what? I remember the first weeks after our son was born, we were literally taught by um, people who supported us, like, ask for help. 
Mm -hmm. uh, make sure you have time to heal and to become this family unit and to get into the groove, as I like to say. And it's so valuable that you, right from the start, that you learn how to be more than Mm. how to do. I'm not saying I've always done it, but I was trying to do more of it. And I think that's something that's often missing in the corporate world, especially when you go through dramatic change that hits you literally from one day to another. Mm-hmm. that you know a there is a support network how to ask for help in that network feeling okay to ask for help i.e psychological safety that plays a role here as well so i think you can compare this quite mm-hmm. a bit and now those two worlds of change come together as a working mom or dad mm-hmm. and and one thing i would add to that kathleen is that the pace mm-hmm. is different from corporate or even entrepreneurship, you know, like, like career versus parenthood in career, it's a career business. I'll say it's always about like, go, go, go more, more, more achieve, achieve, achieve. Right. And then you go into parent life and it's actually more around slowness, stillness and patience. Mm. And for me, that was a big adjustment. The go, go, go mentality served me well in my corporate career, which is how I was able to, you know, get to the VP level, you know, at, in a, in a pretty, I don't know if it was a short amount of time or not, but that's how I was able to get to that level versus parenthood. It was just a completely different speed and a completely different pace. And I did not have the skill set for that. So I had to learn it. I had to learn to adapt to that skill set or to that um, that world, really, because the way I was operating in my corporate career of go, go, go didn't serve me well in mom life. So I had to learn, I had to learn new skills. (laughs) I had to learn new skills. And there was no like, you know, mom school I could go to, (laughs) to learn how to, you know, psychologically, like figure this out, like, yes, there's breastfeeding classes and all the things, but no one's really get in, getting into the identity shift mm. that was occurring with motherhood. Yeah. I found that quite overwhelming. I didn't expect that at all. And Me neither. There's no one who can really prepare you for that because some may have it more, some less. It hit me literally like, whoa, what tsunami is that right now? Yeah. Um, never experienced something like it before. I think mm-hmm. that's common. I do. I think it's common. And I I think a lot of women suffer in silence. Mm -hmm. You know, I think, you know, many women don't raise their hand to say like, hey, I'm having a hard time with this. Mm -hmm. I do think it's coming out more now, especially with the pandemic. I mean, like people are women are finally like, okay, this I can't this is a lot. You know, I need some support here. Maybe as in pre pandemic scenarios, it it wasn't as um, common and i'm glad i'm glad you know you know people are speaking up and they're having a voice because it is a lot parenting parenthood is a lot and there is a lot of shifts that must take place and that employers could really embrace for their employees to support their working parents so that they can you know continue to have a fulfilling career as well yeah absolutely and you you said that you had to learn new skills. Yeah. Right. 
And you also mentioned some of the tools or that you needed to uh, learn new tools as well. So tell us a little bit about it. Share some of your secrets with us. What were some of the tools you used? What were, how did you learn those skills as well? Yeah. So I'll kind of go to the beginning. So what I experienced was a lot of overwhelm. I experienced a lot of stress and overwhelm early in my motherhood journey. And quite honestly, I, I didn't want to feel that way. I didn't, mm. I, 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 I wanted to enjoy, you know, this, this miracle that I had in front of me. Mm -hmm. And I felt like I was missing some of it, missing a lot of it, but I was there. I was there physically, but mentally my mind was somewhere else. Mentally, I was thinking about all I have to do, right? Mentally, I was thinking about what's missing at work, you know, all, all the things around the house. All, all, and I, I just decided, I was like, this is like, there's gotta be a better way. How can I, be present how can i be present with this beautiful child with this amazing life with this incredible gift how can i be present and it's really through meditation that i learned that i learned how the stillness and what you experience through meditation allows you to appreciate more of those gifts. It allowed me to slow down and to not be consumed by the overthinking or the worry or the consumption of what else I could be doing, mm -hmm. right? It was just being present. And when I really, really leaned into that, my entire motherhood experience changed for the better. I mean, in massive ways. And now it's something I, I practice every day. It's something I uh, encourage my clients to do every day. There's a lot more, you know, behind it. I do think there's an education around meditation that's mm -hmm. really important. You can't just tell someone, well, you need to meditate. Yeah. Most people don't have the proper awareness or understanding of what it really is, how to do it, what the benefits are, how it can serve you. So I feel like an education around that is really, really important. So once you understand that and then put it into practice, because it's all about the application of these things too. Like you learn tools, but then you have to use them, you know? And so it was really learning all that, obtaining the education and then putting it into practice, which really just really opened up my, my eyes and, and helped me to let go of, you know, I didn't have to be so consumed with the work stuff. I didn't have to be so, you know, worried that things weren't, you know, I had to be doing things all the time. There was a point where I couldn't, you know, seem to sit still or slow down. But now I like crave it. I, I love it. I mean, the house could be a mess. I'll be like, no, I'm, I'm going to meditate for 20 minutes. It's fine. And it's a great place to be because I have so much more inner peace. And then everyone around me picks up on that too. My family. You know, it's really just being the torchbearer, getting your own, maintaining or balancing your own inner state, because that's what everyone else in your life will experience too. So it's it's really a ripple a ripple effect. I I two hundred percent agree with you. Yeah. I'm a huge fan of meditation, yet I'm going to be very cynical right now, and perhaps 
raise something that some of the, the you know some of the audience might might want to ask as well. So put yourself back into the shoes when you are an overwhelmed working mom, successful in the career, baby number one has arrived. You're like, how am I going to manage that? You have so many jaws in your head, on your mind, basically what needs to be done next and so on. Am I enough at work? All of those questions. You literally feel like there's no time for anything else. And now you are being approached and say, hey, try to add meditation into your everyday life. And I want to highlight again, I totally believe in it. However, let's be really practical and share a little bit more about how you made it happen, how you created that habit that then leads to the success you have described. Yeah. So two things. One is you have to ask yourself, how much longer do I want to continue feeling this way? How much longer am I going to allow this to continue? And I didn't want to feel stressed and overwhelmed any longer. I didn't want to tolerate it any longer. I knew something had to change. And when you realize that, the second part is you just decide. You just decide that I'm going to learn or do this new tool because what I'm not doing isn't working or what I am doing or what I think is helpful is not working, right? Like sometimes we think we need to be doing more, 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 more to get more peace. It's actually the opposite. You need to do less to have more peace and presence. And I was really craving that. And I, I could remember there was a moment my daughter was probably five or six months old. And um, she, she did something really sweet, like sitting on the floor, sitting up and made this cute noise or whatever. And in that moment, it was just like such a beautiful moment. And I remember thinking like my heart was so full. And I remember mm -hmm. thinking, I want to experience as many of these moments as possible. And in order for that to happen, I need to be present. Mm. I need to be present, which, which meant I had to really get a grip on where my, where my attention was being focused throughout the day. You know, I'm not saying stop doing things in your day-to-day -day life. I'm just saying make more time to just be still and observe and be present Yeah, and just be present. Don't get distracted with all the activity all of the time and just decide that you want to be present because that's, that's going to make you feel a certain way. And, and at the end of the day, that's what people really want. People, people seek things and not, not for attainment or achievement. We think that's what it is, but what it, what's really underneath all of that is people seek things in life because they want to feel a certain way. They want to feel a certain way. They want to feel what it's like when they get that promotion. They want to feel what it's like when they become a mom. They want to feel what it's like when they buy a new house, right? There's feelings associated with that. And so when I learned that you could cultivate these feelings internally, like without having to do all this stuff, it was a game changer. 
it was incredible. It actually made my life easier, but I had to learn it. I had to learn it. And it wasn't a skill that was, you know, I learned going to school, in college, in my career, wasn't a skill I learned there. Should be taught there. I know. I know. It really should. It, it, mm. it, it, it could truly benefit everyone on the planet, in my opinion. So how has it helped you at work? <laughs> so fast forward now, now I'm an entrepreneur. I built a business. Truthfully, it, it helps me stay focused and let things go. Mm-hmm. Like I'm, I, I, I really, I, I work on what's important. I work on what's critical for, to add value, to be in service. I work on what matters and I don't waste time being consumed with things that quite honestly, just aren't a good use of my time. So whenever I sit down to do anything, I'm incredibly efficient with my time now, like being a, a, you know, an entrepreneur and a mom. But with that, in order to be efficient with your time, you have to decide you're just going to let some things go. You're just going to let some things go because it's not worth the mental turmoil of overdoing for very little benefit. Mm -hmm. It's at the end of the day, everyone has the same amount of time in the day. It's, It's really not about doing more. It's about managing your time efficiently. It's about having the right relationship with time, managing your mindset around time. So are you coming at it? Are are you, is your relationship with time of, you know, these are my priority activities and this is what I'm going to focus on in the four to eight hours I have available to me today. Or are you showing up with no plan, just focusing on doing, doing, doing everything as the highest priority, answering fire drills, putting out fire drills, whatever it is like, gosh, it's just not efficient. No. So yes, there's a time management component to all of this but there's also a mindset management component. And that's the part that I think is so often overlooked where you just decide like, nope, I, I showed up today. I put in, you know, I added value. I moved the ball forward and I am good with that. I, I feel good about that. I'm not going to get caught up in negative thinking around all the 800 things I could be doing that are probably going to have very little impact anyway. Well, so- I think that is something triggered by emotions or to gain certain emotions as well. You you mentioned before, and you know, we build a house. We have this feeling of, oh, I've built this house and I've become a mom and so on. I recognized in myself and also in the clients I'm working with that there's something very similar going on with the people pleasing, with the running, to meet everybody's needs, to accept every invite that you can get and to start uh, step into doing mode right away. It gives you the sense of achievement in the moment. You give yourself, you know, the pat on the back, recognition, big topic, for example, until you realize, well, that's not how it's going to work. And, and I realize now I've, to- I've talked about it so often on podcasts, so I'm not going to share it again. However, I realized in the past, and that was before I became a mom, that the moment I started being more, being more intentional with other people around me in business or in the corporate world at this point of time, being a greater listener, being more aware of my own well-being or the lack of such, led me to the point where I was far more successful at work. Yes. Whereby beforehand, I was exactly as you just described, constantly in doing and acting mode, trying to get it right for everybody else. 
but certainly not for myself. Mm-hmm. So much of it is is your inner your inner state, how you show up. And at the end of the day, if you show up, and this is this can be in corporate, this can be you know as an entrepreneur, if you show up from a this can be as a parent. I mean, it applies everywhere, but if you show up from a place of service, that's going to give you the biggest reward. Mm-hmm. Always, always a place of service. No one says, you know, aim to show up from a, from a place of uh, being frantic. <laughs> Nobody says that. Nobody says show up from a place of overwhelm. Yet people do that all the time. They show up from a place of overwhelm, and then what happens? They feel overwhelmed. And this would lead me into into my second point, I would say, of of the biggest tool Mm -hmm. that I learned and that I um, share with my clients, and and that's around the TFAR model. Okay, and this is something that's – are you familiar with this? Can you say it again? The TFAR model? No. So what it stands for, and this is this is taught in the the life coach school, mm-hmm. is T four stands for thoughts, feelings, actions, uh, results. Yes. Yep. Yeah, the self coaching method, as I yes. call it. Yeah. Yes. And when I learned that, it was really really powerful. And I didn't learn that till I was, you know, thirty five when mm-hmm. I started working with coaches mm-hmm. myself, like as a student before I even came one. And and when I learned it, I was like, whoa, this is a game changer. Why is no one talking about this in corporate? I mean, this this can change people's lives. And so the, the basic premise is that your thoughts are informing your feelings. Like you can't see them, but they're there, right? Your thoughts are informing your feelings. Your feelings, how you feel on a day-to-day basis is going to inform the actions that you take, right? How you feel is going to inform what you do or do not do. Mm-hmm. And then the actions that you take in any moment or every day are going to inform your results in life. And this applies to parenting. This applies to your career. This applies to health and wellness. This, this really applies to your money mindset as well. It's everything. It's the root of everything. And so when you really understand that and assess, like if you're feeling a certain way, if you're feeling anxious or overwhelmed, you have to stop and ask yourself, okay, what thoughts am I having around this right now that's causing me to feel this way? And when you do that thought work, and this is why I say mindset is so important, when you do that thought work, you realize like, whoa, maybe I don't need to think this way about that, right? So now I'm going to choose a better feeling thought that's going to help me to feel better, help me to take different actions and get better results. Yeah. It's a really, really powerful model. I mean, there's a lot underneath that too, but I find that even, even that model, most people aren't aware of, and they could be, particularly parents. It can really, really help you in your parenting. Absolutely. And I think it also stems from CBT, as far as I know, cognitive behavioral yes. therapy, that is is all about literally starting to create new habits around your thoughts. Yes. So if you are someone who finds him or herself very anxious, stressed, perhaps even being prone to uh, some sort of depression. Um, it often is the case that you see the world in a more negative way. 
-hmm. it happens to me and why it always happens to me. What if you were to shape your thinking or your thought patterns around, oh, what opportunity could lie in this challenge that life has given me right now? Mm -hmm. And you see it more as a positive challenge. And it immediately will give you a shift in your emotions. It's very similar to what you have just described and incredibly powerful. And I think what you just said, if you connect it with meditation, and I know meditation is not about thinking, absolutely not, but the presence you gain from meditation that helps you think clearer, reflect upon yourself in a different way Mm -hmm. in order to help you establish this positive habit. Yes. Right. Wow. Mm-hmm. When you pair both of those together, it's a game changer. It's a game changer. And it, it enables you to, meditation enables you to obsess. But the reality is most people, most people are not doing this, right? Mm-hmm. Like most people aren't even, most people are not aware of what they're even thinking, but meditation allows you to think, to observe what you're thinking. And then you get to, to discern like, wow, okay, is that, is that thought process even helping me anymore? Mm-hmm. It might have in the past, it might have for decades, but it may not be serving you anymore. It, it may not be serving you now as a new parent, right? Like the thought process I had around, I always need to be doing or working or achieving, that was a thought process, which informed the actions that I took that did not serve me as a new mom. And so I had to reframe that thinking to get a different result. And so when I understood how that all connected, it, it really, it, it changed my life. It, it really did. And, it, and that's exactly what I, what I teach and what I work on with my, with my clients. So what was your reframed thinking? Well, like I said, I knew I wanted to be present Mm -hmm. and you know, how that thought came to me, I'm not really sure, but it did. And I, I felt very strongly that that's what I wanted to experience more of. Mm -hmm. I wanted to experience more presence, which was really more around stillness and just being present as opposed to activity and doing. So if you're focusing in one area and you're doing things a certain way and they're not serving you, you can often think about, well, what's the opposite of that? What's the opposite of that? And what's the opposite feeling that would create for me? And then that's where you want to shift your attention. You want to shift your attention on that. And then when you, when you start to build a practice around that, you, you basically show up as that person, Mm -hmm. is that, that new person with that new identity. It's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. I feel, I feel pretty positively energized right now, just listening to, to your stories. Uh, As I said, right in the beginning, you know, sometimes you encounter people right at the stage in life where you simply need to hear from them and listen to them. And I truly believe you are one of those. Oh, wonderful. Um, I'm so glad we connected. Absolutely. Me too. And we are not at the end yet. So oh, great. <laughs> There's so much more we okay. need to discuss. In, in particular, if I have listened correctly to you uh, earlier on, you said after your daughter was born, mm-hmm. you actually were promoted to the VP in mm-hmm. banking, right? It happened afterwards. Yeah, I think probably a year afterwards. 
if I mm. have my, my history correct. Yeah, it was shortly after, shortly after. Brilliant, because that's not a story I hear too often. I hear it from time to time, but where yeah. new moms are coming back to work and they are immediately supported, promoted, um, developed, and so on and so forth. What I hear frequently as mm. well, and I need to be very careful because obviously every organization and so on is different, is as a new mom, it can be harder because my line manager, wherever it is, doesn't quite trust me that I will be able to invest all the working hours that I should be putting in and so on and so forth. So there's a, quite a bit of bias mm. existent around working moms um, in some organizations still. And yeah, just to hear from you, how did you make it happen? How did it work? Yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a great question. So I'll kind of go two ways with that. One, the part about you know, how you think you may be perceived or how you think other people may react to you being a new parent, things like that. It's important to, to be aware of those thoughts because oftentimes they only exist in your head. They really only exist in your head. It's not actually truth. And so it's really important to, to really understand and discern the difference between that. Because when you can start to, and, and I think this is where a lot of people get tripped up, is they create all this mind drama of what they think other people are going to think. But at the end of the day, we would never know. Like, they're just assumptions. They're just assumptions. So for that, I would say to get really curious about, like, it, it really doesn't matter what other people's perceptions are. It matters how you show up when you return to work and what mindset are you showing up with? So when I returned to work, I still had the same boss who was excellent. Now, I, I've always been very deliberate in my career, though. I mean, I will say this. I only worked for managers I respected. So if there was a manager who like, I didn't respect or I didn't get along with, I switched teams or found a different job. It didn't happen very often though, because I would only apply for jobs to work for people that I respected and that I could learn from. Mm -hmm. And so I had an excellent boss when I left to go on maternity leave. And when I returned, he was the same person. He was still excellent. <laughs> so, you know, for me to, to get a promotion at that point, and there's more than one person involved in the promotion process. You yep. know, it's not just one person. But I had a lot of support because, quite honestly, I had a good mindset and a good attitude. You're, you're not going to get very far with a bad attitude. And I say this to my clients all the time. You know, your attitude is everything. How you show up and what is, what is your attitude? And if you really want to get like nitty gritty, what is your attitude? Your attitude are your thoughts and your feelings and your actions. That's your attitude. And so I often say to my clients, you know, no one ever got a promotion or won a game or received an award with a bad attitude. It doesn't happen in the world. So true. Yeah. <laughs> right? Like you can even take this to your relationships. No one's ever like saved a marriage or lost weight or got healthy with a bad attitude. It doesn't happen. So it's it's so important to be aware 
of your attitude in the workplace mm -hmm. and how that's reflected back to you. And I was, I, like I said, I was acutely aware of that in my career. It was, it was part of, I think, you know, how I, I got promoted the way that I did was that I, I, I had a good attitude. That part of my thought process worked for me in that regard. So if there's, you know, angst or frustration around how things are perceived in the workplace, I would, I would say one, is it, is it even really true or does it just exist in your head? Right. Cause there's a lot of things that exist in our head that like don't ever happen. Yeah. yeah so true. Really, right. Yeah. Or that aren't really true. And then two, you know, what thought process could you have to show up with a different attitude around it? And, and that might mean like when I returned to work, I, I told my boss, I, I was, you know, there was going to be limited evening hours for me shortly after I became a mom or when I returned to work after becoming a mom. Whereas before, before kids, I, I would work in the evenings if I needed to, no problem, no big deal. I didn't have anything else to do. Right. But once parenthood came into play, I had to create that boundary. Yeah. And he understood that because he was a parent himself. Mm -hmm. And so I encourage people always to have open communication with their managers and leadership because they're, you know, they're human too. They're human too. They get it. But like I said, we create all these, all this mind drama of like, what are they going to say? What are they going to yeah. think? Oh my gosh. Mm -hmm. And then we like, it, we become paralyzed by it. And then as a result, as a result, we don't set proper boundaries. And then that creates more stress and overwhelm. Yeah, I so, agree. So we're actually contributing to the problem as a as opposed to creating a solution. I was I was supporting a group of individuals today, um, without going into detail, but there was a lot of assumptions and what might he think and what might he say and what might be going on for him and what if and so on. And I noticed in myself as to coach that I was like I, I noticed feelings coming up inside of me like. There's so much energy that we could use differently. What's what's going on? And it was just slightly draining energy. And yeah. I called it out. And I just said, you know, I want to share an observation. Yeah. And that is, we are talking about assumptions and thoughts and whatnot. What's holding you back from simply calling it out and having an open chat about it without mm -hmm. making it, I, I, I said it differently, but without making it a big deal. Mm-hmm. Because mm -hmm. I think we can be our own obstacle from time to time by making something very small that you can communicate and get out of the way, very big and heavy. Yeah. Because we apply all of these thoughts you were relating to as well. A hundred percent. And there was this reaction of, oh, well, actually, <laughs> right. And, and, and I get it. I get it. It can happen. But I think that's also such a help to have like an objective observer on your mm -hmm. side, like you as a coach, mm -hmm. two working parents in this case, who can call it out and help oh, people yeah. realize when it happens until they have established their own deep level of self-awareness and those positive habits. Yes. And that's why coaching is so powerful. I mean, you you know this as as a coach yourself. I mean, coaching, coaching is is an incredible skill set and it's one that can really really help people get out of their own way it helps people get out of their own heads and when they do that they get out of their own way and it just opens up a tremendous amount of possibility for people whether that's in their career or in their parenting or even in their you know their health and wellness yeah 
I mean, coaches see things that we can't see on our own. And I think the techniques around coaching, while I do think there's some overlays with therapy, I appreciated and valued coaching much more because it was forward looking. It was forward looking and had a goal orientation, which, you know, worked well for me. I'm not, I'm not discounting therapy, but it, it worked well for me. And I think it works well for a lot of people in corporate who have that solution-based, analytical, forward-thinking mindset. Yeah, I, I agree with you. But coming back to the point that you were describing before and having then on top of it a very supportive manager, mm -hmm. as you said, who's human as well. And we, we do forget about this from time to time, right? We just see seniority and rank and titles. But goodness me, we are human beings working together in an organization. Chances are... They have had similar experiences and are there to support you along the way, as yeah. long as your attitude is still positive and engaged. Yeah. I'll give an example. I had a client recently, and she was a, a very well-respected, well-regarded engineer, senior engineer within her company. You know, in it, it was a construction business too. And in that, in that industry, there's not as many women, right? And she was she was one of the you know female leaders in her organization and very well respected and she um because of her engineering background and her her responsibilities she had to be on the construction sites for very long amounts of time during the day early in the morning late into the evening things like that right for these big construction projects mm. and she had a two-year-old at home and you know she had she had a lot of you know, frustration and guilt in that she didn't see him in the morning. Sometimes she wouldn't see him before he went to bed. And it just wasn't aligned with how she wanted to be as a mom. But she didn't want to quit her job. She didn't want to leave her career. But she she couldn't see any way out of that. Mm. She just felt like, well, that's what that's what her job responsibilities are. That's what she must do. And that's just how it's going to be. But she was miserable you know, operating in that way. And so I encouraged her, I said, you know, why don't you just talk to your leadership about maybe doing something more internal? That way you still work for the company. I'm sure there's other possibilities or responsibilities you could take on within the company. Just see what they say. And at first she was hesitant because she, she again, she was in her own head thinking, they're not going to want that. They're not going to accept that for me. They, this is where they want me. So she started interviewing elsewhere and she got a job offer elsewhere at a competitor and she was ready to resign. And she went into her leadership to resign because this other company had more, more of a flexible work schedule and her leadership. Basically they, they begged her to stay. They said, we will give you whatever you want. If you want flexibility, we can provide that for you. <laughs> we want you to stay. If the hours are too long, then we'll cut down your hours. And so they basically created this beautiful new internal position for her where she gets to actually help and support other female engineers. She has more responsibilities with the hiring and the development of these women. And basically it created like her dream job for wow. herself. And she now gets to see her son in the morning and have dinner with him. 
And she got to say at a company that she loved, but she couldn't see that. She couldn't see that on her own. She couldn't see that possibility or that, that change in perspective. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it really, it just, it kept her in a place where her leadership values her talent. And, and she was able to basically create the, the desired outcome that she really wanted through our time together. It was incredible. Yeah. Brilliant. I mean, what a fantastic story. And it's, it's, it's so often about just exploring and having an open chat. What's Mm -hmm. the worst thing that can happen? What's the best thing that can happen at my clients here quite frequently. Um, uh, But also express your needs. Mm -hmm. That's something I said to the group today, you know, whoever will be able to read your minds. And we are getting so disappointed and frustrated and how can they not see that I need more recognition and so on? Well, let people know because no one is a mind reader and you help them and therefore it helps you. Win-win. A hundred percent. No one will say, no, I really want to ignore your needs. Not interested. (laughs) Well, and if they do, if if they do, that gives you an answer also. Yes. Very true. Right. Very true. That gives you a valuable piece of information that you can then work with. Yeah. Guilt was an important word that you mentioned, right? This particular client of yours feeling the guilt of not being with her son. Now, guilt is someone I hear working moms talk more about than some of the working dads I know in my circle of friends and so on. Might just be because of my circle of friends that it's just not a topic there i'm I, i'm just interested to hear from you what where what are the differences that you notice between working moms and working dads the challenges they are facing the thoughts that they are, that they are having the emotions they are feeling yeah great question so one thing that most people don't realize guilt is a choice it's a choice that's being informed by our thought process around things we think we should be doing. So just be very mindful. Anytime you use the word should, that's a clue. That's a clue into some type of expectation you're setting for yourself or someone else. So you have to ask yourself, is that expectation, where is that going to get me? Where is that going to get me? How is that going to make me feel? So using that word should is, is a clue, right? And whenever we say that, that's, that's normally a trigger. As it relates to men and women, I agree with you completely. The theme of mom guilt or dad guilt, I, I feel like is completely different. There tends to be more mom guilt. And I think, uh, or moms tend to experience guilt more so than dads from mm-hmm. what I see. And I think a large part of that is cultural how we how we grow up what we perceive and the expectations that we place on ourselves and on others for the duties of parenthood no one's right i mean there's no like to blame for this it's just a systemic cultural uh belief really belief we have to remember that you know women we live in a, a very unique 
environment and situation, we have so many women in corporate with careers as entrepreneurs now. And this is, this is really kind of new to this generation. Yeah. I mean, I would say like the past like 50 years, you know, when you evaluate that against like <laughs> the beginning of time, it's not that long. But women also have the responsibility of bearing the children, you know, even breastfeeding, feeding the children if that's what they decide to do. So there, there is, there is a difference in how uh, women manage their lives versus how men manage their lives. And with that, we can create all sorts of expectations for ourselves and our partners. And with that can sometimes come guilt. But it, again, guilt is a choice. It's we get to choose whether or not we subscribe to old belief patterns or expectations, which may or may not serve us now in modern modern day motherhood. Does that make sense? One hundred percent. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> and I could I could give you so many examples why I'm managing guilt and yeah. try to apply a different thought pattern, but it's daily practice. Um, it is a daily practice. I, I realized that over the last few weeks, I was I was going away for work for four days and I was literally scheduling everything in a way that I said four days is the max, right? Mm -hmm. It was the first time I was away from my boy for a while and I was like, no, 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 no. I can't do any longer. And every day while, while I enjoyed a bit of me time, I felt really guilty. Mm -hmm. And a week later, my other half left for work and did the whole week. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I noticed about myself, I, I'm not angry about that or anything like that, but I envy him to a certain yeah. extent. Yeah. Because he seems to be more at ease with that choice and making most of it business-wise mm -hmm. as well as for his kind of personal interest. Because mm -hmm. you need to have, or definitely the two of us, some disconnect as well to step back into the other identity or this other part of our identity. And yeah, I, I just watch it and I find it very intriguing. It is. And, and that, you know, that stuff is, is deep-rooted. It can be deep-rooted. Not to say it can't be changed because because it can, but, you know, first step is, if, is you have to be aware <laughs> that, that you even have a choice in all of this. Right. But, but ultimately we can, we can feel a certain way sometimes, whether we like it or not, based on our deep rooted beliefs and our deep rooted belief systems. And, and, and what is that? That's, you know, that's really our mindset. Our mindset is really our, a set of thoughts and opinions that we have around how, you know, we should behave, how we should show up in the world. Mm -hmm. But it's actually a set of opinions. It's, it's not always fact. It's not like a, a hard and fast rule. Because if it were a hard and fast rule, then everyone ex would experience the same amount of guilt. Mm -hmm. And that's not the case, right? Some people don't experience it all. I, ha I have very little mom guilt these days, very little. And in the beginning, when I first went back to work almost six years ago, there, there was, yeah, I struggled with mom guilt a lot in the beginning, but I realized it, it just didn't serve me anymore. And it was an optional thought process and feeling, but I, I had to, you know, really work on, on that belief system to understand like what's even at the root of this, you know, you really have to get underneath and really understand 
what is at the root of what's enabling you to feel a certain way. And, and let's not forget that those opinions you were talking about may stem from somebody else but us. A hundred. For me, it's parents, for example, and opinions they have literally um, forced onto you unknowingly, really, that slowly but truly became your own thoughts and therefore emotions and so on. Um, I think 100%. it's delving deep into the root causes can be really powerful. Yeah. I mean, your mindset's really just like your mental attitude or your set of opinions that you formed through experience, through your education, through your upbringing, and through culture, really. But as parents, this is, this is the cool thing, no pressure though, but as parents, we are now influencing or informing our own set of opinions and beliefs onto our children with everything, with food, with money, with giving, with uh, friendship, all the things, all the things, health and wellness, how we view, we are informing, we are building their perceptions of pretty much everything in their life. <laughs> But it, it's it's why it's a big job. That's why people say, you know, it's it's the hardest job in the world because it, it is. We we are a major input into what they learn, into into what we teach them, and 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 their belief system. And which is why it's really important. And it's also why I focus on mothers. It's why I help the mothers. Now there are some parent coaches out there. I'm friends with with some of them who you know focus on the child. But I think it's really important to focus on the parent because the parent is the biggest input into the child. And the parent creates that ripple effect in their child's life. And so it's why it's so important to, to help parents navigate all these things in their lives so they can show up as their best selves. And when they show up as their their best selves or their favorite self, I don't always love to say best self, but their favorite <laughs> self, you know, then everybody benefits. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> best self can sound like so much pressure, right? But your favorite self. Yeah. Yeah. And will I always be at my best and so on? So, yeah, the pressure um, builds up right away. I know. Yeah. It does. We have been talking about something in our first get-together, in our exploratory call, that came back to me when I started listening to a, an audiobook the other week. And in that audiobook, they were talking about the mental workload of women. Mm -hmm. That what you can't see is everything that's going on in the head of a woman. Yeah. Because of everything you've just described, being basically raised as the carer, as the bearer of the baby, and so on and so forth. So there's a lot of stuff happening up here in our brains that we think about, that we try to manage. Is the kid prepared for kindergarten, for school? Do they have everything they need? Where are the doctor's documents? And so on and so forth. It's, it's hard to switch that mind off. Mm -hmm. And the only thing I want to raise awareness of is that it's invisible, but it's there. Yes. And it's like an additional ongoing job that is not going to go. It can obviously be supported by meditation, for example, that you have mentioned beforehand. But it's just good to check in from time to time and to acknowledge what's happening there on 
the mom's side. Yeah, absolutely. And this is why I consider meditation to be the most effective form of self-care. You know, so much is out there on the internet, social media, around what self-care is and is not. And I, 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 I have to chuckle a little bit when I see all these things about, you know, self-care for moms, getting your nails done, getting your hair done. I, I mean, don't get me wrong. Those things are fine, but they're not going to change, like, they're not going to change your life. They're not gonna. They're not gonna like really, really shift how you show up. They might. They might for a short period of time. Yeah. I got my nails done yesterday, but it's really more of the consistent practice of determining what you want to feel more of on a daily basis, and and really understanding that that's a choice that you get to make. Mm-hmm. That's a choice you get to make based on what thoughts you're telling yourself and, you know, what you're trying to accomplish, where you want to go, what goals you have, things like that. And, and if you don't have any, and I don't mean goals like promotion or get a new house. I mean, your goal can be like how you want to feel today. Mm-hmm. Really, really powerful, but mm-hmm. that's not how we're taught goals. We're not taught goals that way. We're taught goals to be attainment, material things right? But you can have a goal and I encourage my clients to have goals around how they want to feel each day and getting laser, laser focused on that. And when you, when you start to integrate meditation with that, you, you begin to experience more of it in your day to day. And and to me, that's the ultimate form of Mm self-care. That's the ultimate form of self-care. Going back to what we talked about in the very beginning, just around being intentional, being intentional and living an intentional life. Lovely. What a wonderful set of final words. And, and therefore, I pass the question on to all of the listeners here today. You know, what is, how do you want to feel and be today? Have a think about it. And feel free to share it with us. Um, get in touch, and Amy is going to share with you where you can find her and all your contact details. Yes, yes. So uh, my website's corporatemomcoach.com. You can also find me on Instagram, amy.gretschmiel. I'm on LinkedIn as well, all the things. But the easiest way, all my contact information is on my website, corporatemomcoach.com. I wouldn't be surprised if you get quite a few people or quite a few people get in touch with you very, very soon to support them throughout their journeys. It's been amazing talking to you. Thank you so much. You cannot believe how much I appreciated this conversation. (laughs) Thank you so much, Kathleen. And for all the listeners, I do also offer a complimentary clarity call. So if any of this resonated with you, I'm happy to hop on the phone with you for 30 minutes and and help you where you may be getting stuck or answer any questions or clarify any points from today's podcast. So thank you so much again, Kathleen. I'm, I'm grateful for being here. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for joining us. And hey, get in touch with Amy as quickly as <laughs> you can. And, you know, 
better your life even further. Enjoy the conversation and be curious. But for now, have a wonderful week and talk to you very soon. Bye, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to the Legendary Leaders podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, then remember to subscribe to the show either on iTunes, Spotify, Amazon Music, or on my website, www.kathleenmerkel.com. I would also love to hear from you to discover what topics you'd like to hear more about, what topics really resonated with you, and how you're enjoying the show in general. Please do leave your review on iTunes as well. It would mean the world to me. Thank you so much and speak to you again next time. Bye.